Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Uh, so next week, I want you to be praying about that and be ready. I'm just so tempted to dive in it today, but I've got to bring this series to an end that we're going to start dealing with that next week. And I will just give you a, a little preview. I can tell you right now, God answers every prayer. He answers every prayer. The only prayer he don't answer is one that is against his will. Right? Now we have that in the book of James. So you may be wondering, well, why is my prayer not getting answered? Well, we're going to answer those questions for you next week. All right? Grab your Bibles, amen, as our custom is to stand for the reading of the Word. Good thing about life, church, is you don't have to be in any time fitness. We'll stand you up, sit you down, stand you up, sit you down. Uh, so I'm going to try to, I'm not really good at this, trying to go back and do uh, a review uh, but I may try to do just a little bit of that. We preached some sermons. Uh, we titled one, Judas is my friend. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus chose Judas even though he was a devil. And it took Judas to reveal the true nature and the character and the person, uh, personality of Christ. Um, last week we preached on discovering me. And we learned last week that you'll never discover who you really are until you get in a pickle. Amen. You think you know you till things start going wrong. And then you know who you are. So we're going to try to pull all of those together and we're going to do it uh, in a short amount of time. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Uh-huh, man. I'm getting fired up over that. Luke chapter number 22. I'm going to go back and read uh, uh, scriptures that's going to tie us back to our preaching Last week, Luke chapter number 22, beginning in verse number 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted... Somebody shout converted. Conversion by conflict. When you are converted, it simply means when you are changed from one state to another. He's talking to a, a disciple here, so he's talking to a believer. He said, now when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. And then Peter said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both into prison and to death. Look at your neighbor and tell them there's some things you don't know about you. There's some things you don't know. Lord, I'm going to go with you to death. Come on, somebody. Y'all go ahead and sit down. I won't feel so bad about you standing. It's good to have our Mississippi folks with us. This morning, we won't hold that against y'all. Uh, we'll pray for you. <laughs> uh, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. There were some things that Peter didn't know about Peter. He thought he was ready to go the extra mile. He thought he was positioned because of his relationship. Uh, I just need you to hear me for a few minutes uh, this morning. Amen. Sometimes our own Christianity can become our Achilles heel because we assume we are a lot further than we really are simply because we have the title Christian. Amen. And, and I'm going to prove to you this morning that, that, that God's way more interested in your conformity than your comfort. So I'm going to show you this morning that God will poke you. 
and cut you. Boy, it's quiet this morning. Amen. And put you in predicaments and situations to allow you to discover some things about you you did not know. And then at the point of discovery is your point of deliverance. So if you never come to a point of discovery, you never come to the point of growth in your Christian life. So I want to help you navigate going from one dimension to the next dimension in Christ. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to the end. And then Jesus revealed the true heart and said, Peter, verse number 34, the rooster will not crow this day before three times you die, you even know me. Can you imagine? I bet Peter was insulted. I've left all following you and you're calling me a weakling? You're telling me before the sun comes up in the morning? I guarantee you he could not receive it. Uh, wait on me. I guarantee you he could not receive it. I've been pastoring a long time. Am I on out there? I've been pastoring a long time and I don't know many incidences where I came to somebody to reveal a character trait that they didn't know nothing about. To the point of offense. So God has to bring you and I to a place to where that character trait is exposed and slaps you in the face. Are you following me? Let's, let's read some more scriptures. Uh, turn with me to the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 5, verse number 10. 10 and 11. But the God of all grace, who has called us into His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Now, sometimes we just read scriptures and you're sitting there in another zone, but this is where I'm going to finish this sermon, so I need you to catch it. The God of all grace has called us unto what? His eternal glory. He has called us to be partakers of His perpetual, continual personality, His persona, His person, His glory. In other words, the whole goal of God is to bring some consistency in your life that you become consistently like Jesus Christ. Because let me share something with you right now. Amen. Just because you have peace momentarily does not mean you possess peace. <clears throat> Let me try this side. You're scaring me over there. Just because you have self-control in the moment, it does not mean you possess self-control. You only possess it when you're consistent in it, when the circumstances are favorable, and when they are unfavorable. Amen. So sometimes we'll build our personality. Amen. And I don't know nobody who don't build themselves up to be a little better than they really are. I know I ain't talking to you, but I'm talking to your neighbor. Amen. In your eyes, see him. In your eyes, I'm pretty good. Huh? I, I'm pretty good, old boy. Amen. Uh, and, 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 and if we buy into that lie, it'll leave us in a place to where we never reach the fullness of what God called us to be. So God said, I've given you a grace to have a perpetual sense of my personality. Amen. Does anybody get more holy on Sunday at church? Oh, there's Stephen Black back there. I'm going to get back here where I can look him in the eyeball. Have you ever noticed how you have you ever even noticed how your vocabulary changes on Sunday? I, I'm surprised we don't talk in King James Version. How art thou? <laughs> Blessed art thou among women. <laughs> this is awkward, isn't it? Huh? Amen. And or, or when you pray, do you change your voice when you pray? Do, do you change your vernacular when you pray? Come on now, I'm just trying to be real, amen? Huh? 
She don't, she said. Amen. And, and we step into this thing that we are not, that obviously we admire. Or, or, <laughs> oh, I don't know where it's going. I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. And whether we admire it or not, we think it's what we ought to be. So we have trained ourselves, amen, to put on vernacular, pray a certain way, use certain language, amen. I, I believe some of you so change your language when you pray than you do when you're talking that when you pray, God said, who is that? Is, is that the same person that was talking Uh, help me, Kamal. I'm getting in the crack here. Amen. Hey, let's see. Uh, and, and, and I got a word for you. We don't like using uh, anymore in the 21st century church. It's called hypocrite. I said it. He said it. He said it. Hypocrite. It means to play act. The word hypocrite is a theatrical term from Bible days, which means to play act. Amen. It means to step out of one role into another role. Amen. And I have learned, amen, like Peter, to hang out with Jesus in one role. But when I get in a pickle, I put on another role. Jesus said, you hypocrites, you, <laughs> don't look at me like that, I didn't say it, Jesus said it, <laughs> amen, he said, you hypocrites, you pray to be heard, amen, you act good around the right people, so they'll think you more than you are, amen, but this scripture we're going to quit on today says that I the God of grace have given you a grace to walk in perpetual eternal glory that I'm still got the same worship when it's raining as I do when it's sun shining. Sister Rose, where you at back there? Amen. I, I still, I still got the same testimony if I'm feeling good or if I'm feeling bad. Is anybody in this building? Amen. I, I, I still, I still got the same adoration from God if I'm in pain or if I'm well. I, I still have honor to God and honor to you if you're mistreating me or treating me well. Come on now, I need to help somebody right now. Amen. It's, it's, it's called hypocritical when situations and circumstances change my glory. So he said, the God of glory has called us, the God of grace has called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus. And here's the kicker. Here's what we don't like. That after you have suffered a while, y'all ain't going to say nothing today. After you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Okay, now turn to Romans 8, 28, 29. I may not do the normal preaching, read scriptures and preach. I just may comment on my scriptures and call it a day. Romans 8, 28. You got it? Shout amen. And we know that all things, I bet y'all quote this scripture. We know that what? How many things? Now you got to be careful if you're going to say that. And we know. We know. Are you really convinced that everything you're going through is working for you? I'm going to ask that question again. If you believe the Bible, do you really believe everything you're going through is working for you? Wow. I have a hard time wrapping my mind around that, but if I believe God is my Father and He's got me in the palm of His hand, then I have to believe that all things are working together for the good of them who love God and are called according to what? Whose purpose? Here's the problem. The reason you're having a problem believing that all things work together is because you're wanting to work together for 
your purpose. Wait on me, son. Amen. Are you listening to me? And from where I'm standing, what I'm going through right now, amen, does have, it has nothing to do with what I want, my will, my purpose. Can I get a witness? He said, oh no, you missed it. I'm going to work it together for the good of my purpose. And thus far as we ever go, today we're going a little further. Look at 29. For, somebody shout for. Come on, I believe in crowd participation. For, for is a conjugation. Y'all know what that is, right? Me neither. So I looked it up. Somebody say, that's your job, preacher. For, Scott Bamberg, is a conjugation which means to join together. So in other words, you can't read 28 without 29. For, for we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Now, I need to throw something out here in passing. I'm just going to preach my scriptures this morning, okay? I want to throw something out here on passing. This is something about God right here that I've always had trouble wrapping my mind around. But who can figure out the grandeur of God? Amen. This scripture says, whom he did foreknow. He knew you before you knew you. Is it Bible? He knew you before you were born. Go, go figure that out. He's God. Amen. He knew you before you knew you. So the way you know you ain't the way God knew you before you knew you. That's big. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. All right, did you catch it? All right, I'm going to say it again. Who's honest in here? God knew you. I don't know if I can. God knew you before you knew you. So God knew you in a way you don't know you now. All you know is what you have become. All you know is your imperfection. Oh, God, all you know is your failure. All you know is all the disappointments that you have created, you and people around you, amen. And you've created an identity based upon all you know. But God said, I knew you when you were perfect. I knew you when I created you. I knew you because you was in me. God Almighty, this is really getting rich. I didn't know what I was going to preach today, but this is working. <laughs> Are you listening to me? I just need you to look at your neighbor right now and tell him you don't know. Go ahead and tell him you don't know you. You don't know you. You, you, you don't know you. <laughs> she said, what are you talking about, dude? You, 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 you don't know you. Amen. It's a lie. Can I tell you it's a lie? I don't know what you know about you. Amen. That you don't want nobody else to know about you. But it's a lie. It's a lie. I said it's a lie. I'm going to reveal that thing this morning. It's a lie. Amen. That's, and see, if you don't know this, you think you're always trying to become something you're not. This is what's killing the church. I got to go to church and I got to try to become this thing that they want me to be. <coughs> I got to I got to try to become what this Bible says I am and and you'll never win from this platform of I'm trying to become something that I have never been and I come to declare to you God's just bringing you back to what you were before you was ever born. Can I get a witness? Amen. We don't double shy. We don't have a problem uh, by <laughs> I got so much. We don't have a problem buying into the fact that I act like Adam because of the fall of the Adam. Well, can I tell you there was an Adam who didn't fall? 
or let me put, did y'all catch it? There is an Adam before the fall who was created in the image and in the likeness of an almighty God. That's who you are. Oh, you don't understand. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a knucklehead. <laughs> That's all I could think of when I looked at you, Mike. <laughs> Amen. Huh? I'm going to prove to you by Scripture that God's going to put you through some stuff to some reveal some things about you that's a lie. Because until they're exposed, they can't be judged. My God. Who, y'all, are y'all still there? Romans 8, 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Pre and destiny. Before you become stupid, you had a destiny before then. Isn't that good? You ever, you ever wondered why the Bible says revival, renewal, restoration? He's not trying to make you into something you've never been. He's just bringing you back to what he created you to be in the first place. In other words, I'm going to say it this morning. It's more natural for you to be holy than it is unholy. It's more natural, amen, for you to be like God than not to be like God. Oh my God, this is going to be too much for you, amen. But when you were born again, has everybody been born again? Have you been born again? You were, the Bible says when you were born again, you were born by the Spirit. You went, you went from one state to another state. Are you listening to me? Your whole makeup changed. Your whole DNA changed when you were born again because you were born of the will of God. Oh God, help me teach this this morning. But see, modern day gospel's got you believing you're a sinner, you're always going to be a sinner. You're a failure, you're always going to be a failure. But thank God there's a grace that'll drag you kicking and screaming into heaven. My scripture said, I've called you to an eternal, perpetual state of glory, of my personality. But I can't get there if I'm always feeling like I'm trying to be something I can't be. I'm helping somebody right here. Always feeling like, well, y'all, people run from churches because they come into a whole bunch of people who's faking it, number one. hypocritical number two, (laughs) amen, but acting like you got it all together and they say, I can't fit in with them because I can't be like them. And, and, And Christianity is the sum total of me trying to talk you into being like me. Oh my God. I'm, I'm going to clone you. I'm going to train you to act like I act and do what I, you do. I do. And if you can do all of that and check all the boxes, we say, you're in. Oh my God, I'm preaching better than you shouting this morning. You're in. You're saved. You're a Christian. And on the inside, I'm a wreck. Oh, y'all can't say nothing right now. Y'all just sit right there. I'm coming after you, amen. I'm a wreck, amen. And and, am I doing good? Am I walking right? Am I spitting white? (laughs) You know, am I talking right? Am I saying amen at the right time? God, I'm gonna help somebody today. That ain't nothing but religion and it's a ball and chain and you ain't gonna last. But God said, if if you can handle the process... I'm going to bring things to the surface you're trying to hide. I want a transparent church. I want a church to where I'm going to be careful what comes out of my mouth right now. To where we're so real that you can be real. I want Judas to be my friend. This is a whole sermon. Is it on podcast yet? We're going to get new way for long. 
Judas. Because it was Judas that exposed the Christ. Remember? They didn't know what he looked like. They didn't know who Jesus was out there in that garden. Nobody but the disciples. So Judas said, the man I kiss, that's the Christ. Amen. Can I tell you, amen, uh, we need some Judases in the church. Because you may not know how unforgiving you are until you're betrayed. Oh, come on now. This is too real. Amen. We, we, we need somebody to treat us the wrong way. We need somebody to handle me wrong. My God, help me. Holy God. I need somebody not to agree with me. I need somebody, amen, uh, to betray me. Why? Because it's that that exposes the Jesus in me. Uh, 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 did y'all catch it? Or it's that that exposes the devil in me. <laughs> oh, I hate we got visitors today because I'm just... It'll be better next week if you don't come on back from Mississippi. So the only way you're ever going to know what's really in you is after you have suffered a while. It's when opposition comes your way. This scripture, let me finish it. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed. <clears throat> I hope I don't lose my voice before I quit. To be conformed to the image of his son. That Jesus could be the firstborn among, among many brethren. Uh, listen to me. <clears throat> the whole plan of God, if you was to just put it all down in one funnel effect, the whole plan of God is for all things and everything God's doing in your life. All things are working together with one goal. Can we simplify it this morning? I know you're trying to find out what you're called to do and your anointing and your ministry and all of that. Can we get back down to the basics this morning that the entire Bible, the entire gospel has one goal in mind and everything that's going on in your life is working in perfect unity with one another for this one goal. And that goal is to conform you into the likeness of Jesus. To make you like Jesus. So contrary to popular belief, the design of this kingdom is not comfort, but conformity. Conformation. He said, you're predestined <laughs> to be conformed. So all things are working together. I feel relief coming or something. Open it up. I'm losing my voice right in front of the congregation. Uh. So all things are working together to conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. The sum total, catch this, thank you, Kamal. The sum total, somebody's got to be praying for me. The sum total of the gospel of the kingdom is to bring you back to your original created design. My God, that's helping me this morning. Because now I'm not, I'm not faking it till I make it. I, I, I don't feel like you're trying to turn me into something I can't be. Because all of a sudden now I realize this was my predetermined plan is to be just like Jesus. So we've misunderstood the nature of this kingdom. It's the nature of this kingdom to bring you back to a state of perfection. Back to the state God knew you of from the beginning. I want to say something right here. If you're not continually being transformed into a greater state of glory, you're backsliding. Yeah. 
Are you following me? If I'm not continually being changed and transformed by the word of God, it's not working in my life. I'm not applying it in my life because God is continually transforming uh, uh, me into the likeness of Christ. And here's the deal. The, <laughs> are y'all being hindered by my voice? Okay, good, I am. The only way this can be done is by exposure. It's the only way. And it's the thing you fight the most. Come on, just. It's the thing you hide. It's the thing that nobody probably knows. It's the thing you don't want nobody to know. Isn't it amazing you say out there, well, I couldn't help myself. But you can help yourself in here. Hmm. That's real, isn't it? Well, I just can't help it. Them words just come out. Well, that's funny. I've never heard you do that in here. <laughs> oh, this is too real. This one. Huh? I just can't control my temper. Oh, really? Well, I've never throw, I never saw you throw a temper tantrum. It seems like when I'm around you, <laughs> you can control your tongue. Are y'all okay? I don't know how long it's going to be lasting, but I'll be glad when it's over. <clears throat> so we fight to hide that part of us that robs us of the nature of God. We, we, we hide and conceal, amen, in this narcissism uh, in disguise. Amen. Because I want to appear to be better than I am. Well, I got news for you. You can be better than you am. Amen. But it's when we realize. Amen. And here's the reason we don't want it to be exposed in us. Amen. It's because judgment always comes when fault is exposed. And, 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 and we're so self-conscious that we think God is judging us. But he's not judging us. Amen. He's allowing the spirit in us to judge the lie. Did you catch it? Because that's a lie. I am not a man out of control. I am not a man to be controlled by impulses. Somebody tell your neighbor it's a lie. It's a lie. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me and one of the fruit of the Spirit is called self-control. So if, if, if the lack of control is rising up, it has to be a lie and it's got to be exposed and it's got to be judged. I'm going to give you all the scripture for that in a minute. So the only way that you can grow is for that thing to be exposed. So while you're wanting everything to be good on the job, God will turn your boss into a knucklehead. Here's a better one for you. He'll turn your pastor into one. Whoo, somebody feel that spirit? <laughs> huh? Jermaine back there said, I know that's right. He'll, he'll stir things up so that he can get that thing to come to the surface. Because you, he can't judge it until it's exposed. Amen. And I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. Amen. You'll despise judgment uh, when you're trying to protect what God's trying to deliver you of. Amen. You'll take it personal. Who does he think he is? Amen. To tell me this and tell me that. Amen. And to correct me and to get on to me. <laughs> Who am I preaching to? Everybody. Amen. Who does he think he is? Amen. Are you listening to me? And all the while, God's just trying to expose something so he can judge it and condemn that thing to hell so you won't be condemned to hell. 
Amen. Uh, high five your neighbor right now and tell them, don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Because I've been approved to you if you're going to a church that never shines the light on dysfunction, you're going to the wrong church. Amen. Uh, who in the world wants to have a terminal disease in their body and find a doctor that only tells them what they want to hear? Oh, you're good. <laughs> oh, really, doc? Well, I'm not feeling. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> you're, 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 you're good. Everything's fine. Oh, grace. 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 I come to shower grace on y'all. Grace on y'all. Amen. Are you listening to me? You'd be a fool. You pay that doctor to look you in the eye and tell me the truth. Are you listening to me? You tell me what's wrong with me so I can make changes. Well, can I tell you, that's what this kingdom is designed to do. It's to expose every cancer, every terminal illness. Are you following me? It exposes every bit of it so it can be judged. For the word of God is quick and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of division. Amen. So I want to help somebody right now. You're probably in conflict over something God's trying to put his finger on. And here's the deal. I taught you last week. It's sharper, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, I know we always see that as two edges, and it is what it means. But in the Greek, it means to open your mouth and say it again. In other words, when God starts pinpointing a, a, a fault, he won't quit saying it. You're trying to push it aside, but every time you do it, he says it. Thank you, sis. You're the only one helping me right now. Huh? You're trying to move on with your life. But God keeps saying the same thing. You ought not be doing that. You ought not be doing that. You ought not be doing that. Amen. You ought not be acting like that. You, you, you ought not be talking on that. You... <laughs> Help me, Holy Ghost. And he just keeps bringing it. He just keeps bringing it. Why? Because his goal is not for you to be comfortable in your sin. His goal is to transform you into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Huh? Amen. He give you the Holy Ghost. Amen. People say, oh, well, the Holy Ghost is a comforter. Let me tell you what that really means. Amen. He is a parakletos. That means one called along beside your side to help you. Amen. He's not a Hallmark card. <laughs> He's there to help you get up when God cuts you. Huh? <laughs> I mean, he's there to give you the grace. He's, he's the anesthetic of the surgery you're about to go through. But the Holy Ghost will not let you remain in anything less than what God says you are. So the Holy Ghost is going to bring conviction in your life. So it's going to bring conflict. <laughs> Can y'all handle this? <coughs> Somebody's praying I'll get my voice back and somebody's praying I'll lose it. <laughs> so the only way that part of me that don't match the nature of God can be exposed is through trouble. And we're always struggling to make sure everything around us is conducive for us to remain the same. And God is constantly trying to push us into arenas that allows us to see things about ourselves that, man, I didn't know. I didn't know I was capable of acting like that. I, you know what? I didn't know it. I had myself convinced that no matter what happened, I could remain the same until God puts me in a situation and then I flare up. And when I do, it gives me the opportunity to judge that thing. God will expose every characteristic that does not match the nature and the character of God he predest that he predestined you for. Amen. But the problem with it is, it cannot be judged until it's exposed. Now let me help the church collectively because I'm closing this out right now. 
Amen. This is why you got to be careful as a body, amen, that you don't judge the person. Matter of fact, if someone blows it and you judge the person, it has just exposed a narcissistic spirit in you. Somebody shout busted. If you glory in the failure of another, come on now, amen, and you talk in any way other than building them up and encouraging them and praying for them, it just exposed something in you that I don't even know if you know that is there. Come on, God's trying to bring this church to a state of conversion so we can strengthen the brethren. Amen. Are you listening to me? And sometimes, I don't know if y'all can receive this or not, God has to bring you to a place to, 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 to you blow it. Because there ain't nothing like failure to temper your judgment. I'm going to say that again. There ain't nothing like failure to temper your judgment. Are you following me? Because when you judge people, you're saying you're better than they are. You're saying, I would never do that. So sometimes Peter, amen, he has to bring you to the place to where you blow it. And isn't it amazing? What you call blowing it and what Jesus called blowing it is two different things. He said, you're going to deny me three times, but I prayed for you that your faith don't fail you. Everybody else probably thinks you're totally blowing it, but I'm working to work on your faith. That's a word for somebody right there. Everybody else, amen. And if you're not careful, church, you'll be condemning that individual for those three failures. And Jesus is saying, I'm praying that his faith don't fail because his faith is about to go through a conversion through the trouble. Somebody's faith is about to go through conversion with the trouble you're going through. It strengthens it. It purges it. It purifies it. God Almighty. Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hurry. So I need you to get this on the closing of this series. That Romans teaches us that all these things, the good times and the bad, the plenty and the lack, the wellness and the sickness. Everything, with money, without money, with job, without a, all things are working together for a deeper purpose. To the point that I have changed the way I pray. I've changed the way I pray. Uh, Stephen texted me about somebody in the hospital the other day and I went over there. And hold, now when I pray for people, I pray on a whole different level. When you come to ask me to pray, I start praying first, God, what are you doing in this situation? I need to, I, I need to know what you're doing. Because sometimes God's using a circumstance to a deep, do a deeper work than a spontaneous miracle could produce. Are you following me? To, to, to do a deeper work. So sometimes we're trying to pull somebody out of something that God's using to expose something that he wants to totally deliver you out of. And that brings me down to my closing text. So when the Bible says that the word of God is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword, it pierces to the dividing. It divides the soul and the spirit so that my spirit can bring judgment upon feelings and emotions that don't line up with God. But it goes on to say it is a discerner of the intent, the thought and the intent. God is bringing you to such a state of perfection that religion will judge your actions. But God judges the intent behind the actions. In other words, 
You can be doing all the religious stuff right. You can be doing all the, the things that's required with a motive that is totally contrary to God's will. But we look at you and your good works and think, man, they got it going on. And God looks all the way down into that motive, but the motive is so you'll think more of me. Are you following me? God said, in this kingdom, everything is exposed. He said, your, your law says, thou shalt not commit adultery. But Jesus said, but I say, if you look at a woman and in lust, you've already committed adultery. God's word goes all the way down to the motive. And he's trying to perfect the motive. So he said, my closing scripture. So in other words, if you will, the word of God is a surgeon cutting out dysfunction. Is that, is that good? Jermaine, the word of God is a coach reaching into an undisciplined individual and pulling out an athlete. Huh? That's, that's, that's what the Word of God is. Jordan, is that, is that easy to do? Can you do that saying, it's okay, baby. It's okay, you don't have to run today. I know it's hot. You go sit down over there on the, on the, on the bench. All my team, y'all sit down now, it's hot. Are y'all following me? Is that real or what? Huh? Oh, uh, every one of them with potential to be great athletes. And because I want everybody to be happy and everybody, amen, to think I'm nice, amen. Y'all just sit over there, everything's going to be all right. No, that coach has to raise his voice sometimes. Huh? He, he has to demand things from you. You don't even know that's in you. But all the while, he's reaching in there, pulling an athlete out of there that'll make something of himself. Amen. That's the design of the Bible you carry. To reach past all that you have become and to pull out something that looks just like Jesus Christ. Wow. He said so in closing. He said, 1 Peter 5 and 10. The God of grace has called you unto his eternal glory. That after you have suffered a while, I'm going to make you perfect. So in other words, it's the suffering we go through that brings me to a state of completion. So, and when I'm complete on the inside, I become consistent. I'm bringing this back together now. I'm, now I'm consistent. That if you're applauding me, I don't get too proud. If you're talking about me behind my back, it don't destroy me. Because I'm consistent. I'm moderately happy. If you're applauding or saying crucify Oh my God, I don't know if y'all are getting this. How many people are you around that has the remote control of your life? Y'all realize how big this is? Do you call that freedom? Do you call that Christianity? When the circumstances control my joy? Look, you know what I believe? I don't believe worship begins on a Sunday morning when he gets on that piano. I believe worship begins when the report is negative. I believe worship begins when people are spreading things about you. That you know better. You wouldn't say that. You wouldn't act like that. Amen. When the Judas is betraying you, I believe worship begins when I look at you, I still see Jesus. I told you last week, this church is in a place of conversion. And this is what happens to churches. I'm so sick of... <laughs> I don't want to get an attitude here. But right when God's trying to expose something in me, I go to another church. Because 
I got unforgiveness in my life and it was just exposed. But you know what? I'm going to go over there and worship and I'm going to hold on to my unforgiveness. When he just gave you the perfect opportunity because someone done you wrong. They done you wrong and it exposed that you had unforgiveness in you and you had the perfect opportunity to exercise that thing rather than to find a place that I can hold on to me. Everybody's not going to make this grade, but some of you are about to go through a conversion. Life Church is going through a conversion. I made a statement here one time, I'm still good, it's just 12.15, that I wanted to be a part of a church with no drama. Y'all remember me saying that? And I ask y'all, do y'all believe we could be a part of a church with absolutely no drama? How naive could I have ever been? <laughs> Kobe, you and Taylor ain't even got kids yet, so there's two in the house. Is there ever any drama? With two. Two. But you know what? God uses it. Has he taught you how to say yes, ma'am? Okay. See? You're growing. You know what I learned from living with my wife for 34 years? Scriptural. Patty, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm growing. Guys, I just gave y'all something that'll solve all your problems. But are you following me? I really wanted that. I wanted a church with no drama. Amen. But after I've preached these series, we got to have it. We got to have Judases. We got to have people who don't think like us. We got to have black. We got to have white. Are you following me? We got to have diversity that produces unity, not uniformity. Because there's no growth in uniformity. Amen. Because you don't, you don't challenge me to step outside and expose something in my heart. So I'm not praying for that church with no drama no more. Because Jesus chose 12 and one of them was a devil. And it was the devil. It was Judas that got Christ on the cross. So I have found out I need a Judas in my life to get me on the cross. Yeah, so I can grow. And then I can be perpetually walking in the eternal glory of God. I got some more scriptures, but for some reason I just feel like quitting. I'm just going to quit. But I want to encourage somebody with this right here. This kingdom was designed for conflict, not comfort. It's just not in your Bible. It wasn't designed for you to be able to stay where you are. There ought to be somebody in the body pushing you past your boundaries. There ought to be a a word preached that's pulling you beyond your pew sitting. You know what I'm saying? This gospel ought to be pulling us. No wonder. I, I just challenge you to do one study this week. Study disciple. Disciple is in your Bible more than any other given word. Disciple, which comes from the word discipline. But the discipline is just designed to bring your true nature, which is the nature of God, out of you. Listen to this statement. Because the disciples embraced the conflict, they graduated from disciples to apostles. I'm afraid we never graduate from being disciples to apostles. And a disciple is simply a student, a pupil. An apostle is one who is sent with the glory of God. There's very little going because we never embrace the discipleship. We never let it produce the glory of God. So God said, I'm calling you to this grace. And after you've suffered for a while, 
it's going to make you complete. It's going to settle you. It's going to establish you. And that word settle means to turn resolutely in a certain direction, meaning winds and storms will never turn you away again. You can treat me the way you want to. I will not turn from my nature of Jesus Christ. Stand with me all over this building. This is probably, it's been simple. I haven't really climbed or screamed, but this could be the most powerful truth. I couldn't scream, but didn't have a voice. That could change your life forever. Could it be, listen to me before you check out. Could it be you've never endured the conversion? Then say you wasn't saved. Could it be that you never allowed the sifting to convert you from a state of discipleship to apostleship? To a state to wherever you go, come on. Whether you cutting hair in your own business or stocking groceries, that there is a perpetual glory of God on you. To where people see Jesus on you. He said, I can't build a strong church with weak people. And I can't produce strong people with weak people. So I just come to use that scripture. All things are working together for this one goal. To conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. And when that happens, you won't have to worry about ministry. You won't have to worry about gifts and callings because it'll flow out of that. They slipped up behind Jesus and touched him. He said, whoa, virtue just come out of me. You won't have to change your vocabulary to pray for somebody. It'll just be who you are. I want it. I want it. I want to be that stable. Is anybody else sick of unstable Christians? I'm serious. When we have such a stable God, and I don't know if you're going to fly off the handle or... When are we going to get to the point where we're sick of all that? We're sick of hypocrisy. I just challenge you right now in dismissing. I challenge you. I double dog dare you to say, say it under your breath. It's me. I'm the hypocrite. It's me. I always put that word on everybody else. It's me. If my character is altered by circumstances, I'm a hypocrite. If my demeanor is altered by situations, it's me. I'm the hypocrite. Father, help me to be converted today. Come on, this is your altar call right here. If there's anybody lost in this building, these altars is always open to you. Amen. We invite you to come and kneel. But before we leave, I want this all you born again right where you're standing. Amen. I just challenge you to pray right now. Father, I want to be able to endure the process so I can be converted and start strengthening other people. I'm hiding things I should be delivered of. I'm tired of hiding that part of me. Come on, right there where you're standing. This is the last week along this line. I want to be a part of a church that's real. Come on, I want you to be able to come to me and correct me. I release my elders to correct me. I want my brother, if he sees me in a fault, to come and correct me without me flying off the handle, running off, talking. Bring it, bring it to me. That's what family does. We perfect one another. If you see your brother in the fault, the Bible says, go to him. My God, that's not heard of anymore because I'm trying to save me. God, can anybody hear my heart this morning? God ain't trying to take something away from you. He's trying to deliver you so you can become in the likeness of Christ. Father, I pray over this congregation right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you've brought us a long way. Now I pray, God, that you'll teach us contentment, that we'll be consistent, that my nature is always consistent like yours. Deliver us of this vacillating emotions, Father, and I pray you strengthen this church so that we can begin to strengthen the brethren. I'm praying for conversion in Life Church today. Conversion and save people today, Father.
that from now on we have the truth. When you expose something, I'm going to judge it with your word that we can be delivered of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.